We're going to look at first, third John in just a little while, but before you do that, I uh, would like for you to turn over to Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6. It is good to be together as a family to worship God, and we're looking forward to another opportunity tonight. And tonight we will talk about some other aspects of a man who's, who, who, who had a soul that it, that it was well with as far as God is concerned. I, I ask permission to do this. I promise you that I ask permission to talk about this. And I just, wanna, I just want to uh, l- let you know about something that happened several years ago or a few years ago to uh, our youngest daughter. It was interesting, to say the least. It was very consistent as well. Over and over again, over and over again, at, during, during supper, we would all be sitting around the table eating and talking, and out of nowhere, our four-year-old, five-year-old, and six-year-old, not, not three kids, but one kid when she was those ages would just fall out of her chair. For, for no reason, we didn't understand why she would be sitting there, and all of a sudden, the next thing you know, she was on the floor. But as she was falling down, you could hear her saying, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. She, she was, I don't know if she was trying to convince herself that she was going to be okay or convince us that all was going to be well with her, but we always hoped it was well with her once she fell over. She's outgrown that, thankfully, and she's okay. Sometimes when we aren't doing so well spiritually, and we're falling, or we've fallen, we might try to tell ourselves and try to convince others that it is well with us. We're okay. We're okay. We're going to look at, today, we're going to look at some aspects of what happens when it is well with our souls. And you're thinking about that song, it is well with your soul with our soul, with my soul, most likely. And we're going to use that song. We're not going to sing the song, but we're going to break it down and use some of the verses as our points this morning, using some of the lyrics from from the song, the verses or stanzas. Written by Horatio Spafford at a time when he was in in a great deal of suffering. He lost his three children in a shipwreck. And he was able to, to, to pen these words, it is well with my soul. And when it is well with our soul and we think about we think about the song and we know it so well. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, when our souls are well, when things are well with our soul, spiritually speaking. We are going to be able to get through the peace and turmoil that comes. Look at Luke chapter 6, verses 47 through 49. Several years ago, we had the opportunity to go to Hawaii as a family. Well, we, there weren't four kids. There were two boys who had been born and one that Amy was carrying, our oldest daughter. But we were able to go to Hawaii, stay with some friends who were in the Air Force, and we got to go boogie boarding or, or, or surfing without a surfboard, but these little, these little boogie boards. 
And we went to this beach and it was impressive. And I was so excited because the waves were big. And I wanted to get in those waves and ride them. They just looked so tantalized. I was so excited. And I would go out and I went out to a place where the waves were starting to break. And they were rising and I would get on one and I probably rode waves twice because the first time it hurt and the second time it hurt worse. Because as you are rising in, in these waves, this certain beach, it dropped off quickly and these waves would rise up and you would be ride, riding them and they lift you up and slam you down on the beach and recede. Those waves were intimidating to me. Those waves were rough. Those waves were waves I did not want to be in again. They were huge. They were kind of scary. And life is like that sometimes. Sometimes we get on a big wave like that and we're just slammed down. Now, if a wave like that is an intimidating to me, there are people who it wouldn't be intimidating to. Like a surfer. A surfer would be excited about those waves. That little red dot, that is, that is a man riding the biggest wave ever ridden, 80 feet. Now, now, they're trying to figure out if another man did it, but that little, that little red dot right there, there's a jet ski that dropped him off, and he is riding the biggest wave that anyone has ever ridden because he saw this wave, and something, if, I were, if that were coming at me, I'd pretty much pass out and just give up. But he saw it and he got up and he rode it. Why? Because he had something solid under his feet. And that's the way it works. How are we going to get through those big, huge waves? As long as there is something solid under us, we can ride the waves of life. And it's, a, it's the same with us spiritually. If you would look over at Luke chapter 6, verses 47 through 39. And we know the song. The wise man built his house upon the rock. And Jesus says, everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will show you what he's like. He is a man building a house who dug deep, laid the foundation on the rock. When the flood arose, the stream broke against that house. Couldn't shake it because it had been well built on a good foundation. It was standing on something solid, but the one who hears and does not do them is like a man who built a house on the ground with a foundation, without a foundation. And when the stream broke against it, immediately it fell, and the rain of that house was, and the ruin of that house was great. If we go through these storms of life with something solid underneath us, the foundation of Jesus' teaching and his words and the word of God, we can ride out those stormy waves. When sorrows like sea billows roll, they're billowing all around us, but we have Christ under us. We have his words. We have something solid under us. We'll be able to ride out those storms of life because it will be well with our souls. And when it is well with our souls and we are standing on that foundation, we'll get through it. What about the attacks and temptations of Satan? Though Satan should buffet and though trials will come, Satan buffeting, that he's beating on us. And even though he does that, it's well with my soul because I'm in good standing with God. Let's go over to James chapter 1, if you would. James chapter 1. You know what that is on the screen? When we were growing up, 
What do we call those? We call them locusts. That's what we call them. Growing up in, in South Texas all the way up to North, North Texas, locusts. What are they really called? They're called cicadas. And I don't know if you've noticed, but lately they have been loud and they have been going and they've been making that buzz. And Sunday night I was thinking about this on the way home and I could hear them all around me. And I've been listening to, for them ever since. And I don't know if I think they might be done lay, laying their eggs and, and, and dying off. Hopefully we'll hear them again because that's the sound of the end of summer to me. It's a time of year, it's late summer. I don't know if you've ever seen one of them coming out of the exoskeleton that they are surrounded by before they come out and become full cicadas. But you've seen the evidence, most likely on trees and other things. The evidence of those shells. Right after we were married, we lived in Jersey Village. I worked with the church there for a couple of years. And one evening, I found one of those bugs crawling up the tree. It didn't look like a cicada. It looked like this, only it was full of, of, a, of something that was making it crawl around. And I knew what was going to happen, and so I took that, that bug, and I put it in a jar, and I put it on a stick, and I made sure nothing would be touching it. And all night long, I watched it throughout the night as it was emerging from the shell. It was highly interesting, and it took a long time. Because when they come out of the ground at the base of the tree, they're in an exoskeleton. They'll climb up a tree. They'll stop when it's dark, and the birds aren't, uh, are roosting, and so they're not, a, they're not such a, a, a problem. But they come out of a little tiny slit in the back of this exoskeleton. And I watched as this bug of this cicada pushed and pushed and it barely fit through. It was amazing to watch. How did that happen? And I know that those, that those shells are pliable before they get brittle, but it was amazing because once it came up, that shell closed back together, but it was a struggle. And it takes a lot of pressure to get out of a shell like that, but that's part of what makes the insect strong enough to fly away and find a mate and lay the eggs. The struggle is necessary for that change to take place. The struggle is necessary for, for those bugs, for those insects to continue to live and thrive. The same is true for us as Christians. We face the temptations of life and trials that Satan puts us through, but we can look at, at Scripture like James chapter 1, and we can look at James chapter 1, and if you are there, let's focus on verses 2 through 4. And James says some crazy stuff here. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect, complete, lacking in nothing. And you drop down to verse 12. Blessed is the man who withstands, who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life which God has promised to those who love him. 
And I'll let you go over to Romans chapter 3 real quickly. Romans chapter 3. In this, in this mindset of the struggle that we go through and the change that happens once we get through it. James chapter 3 verses five, 3 through 5. And more than that, we read Romans. I'm sorry, Romans chapter 5 verses 3 through 5. And more than that, we rejoice... We rejoice in the sufferings, in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character. Suffering character will produce hope when we go through that suffering, that difficult, those difficult times where we feel like we're being squeezed through tiny little holes in life and we need to understand that good things come from terrible situations at times. And next time you hear a cicada, think about that struggle that they went through and the fact that they made it, the fact that they thrived, and the fact that they were changed because of that struggle. When it's spiritually well with our souls, we're going to have the armor of God around us to protect us from Satan's attacks, though Satan may buffet. And we go to scriptures like Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 17. Ephesians 6, 10 through 17. And he says, finally, my, bre my brethren, Paul does, be strong in the Lord and the power of might. And we talk about the whole armor of God. Well, what's the purpose of that armor of God? Well, Scripture says to stand against the wiles, New King James, of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. But then he says in verse 13, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Take up the armor. Well, what is that armor? You have the, you're girded with truth. You have the breastplate of righteousness. You have shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And we have the shield of faith and the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit. We are well armed and prepared for Satan's attack. Though Satan may buffet, as long as it is well with my soul, I can withstand those attacks. I can withstand those attacks. When it is spiritually well with our souls, we can get over the guilt of sin. My sin, oh, the bliss of this glorious thought, my sin, not in part, but the whole, is nailed to the cross. We need to understand that every sin we've repented of, every sin we've repented of has been forgiven. It's been forgiven. 1 John 1, 7, if we walk in the light, if our souls are well and He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sins. And when we look at our lives through our eyes, I bet if we look at our lives through our eyes, even our past, we just see People who have been filthy with sin. And you may have mental and emotional scars from the life you used to live. And you're, you might be ridden with guilt and, and remorse for those things that you've done, but you've been forgiven of. It's hard to see us the way that God sees us. There was an ad campaign a few years ago, I think 2012. It was ingenious. It was just amazing. And it was for Dove, the Dove, the soap and the makeup, and and they brought some women together to have them be drawn, portraits drawn of them. 
And they hired a forensic artist. And you know what that is. That's the people who make the wanted, the, the suspect pictures for the police to look for someone. They, they draw what the people say. And so these women sat and told the, and the, the artist couldn't see them. And they told, they described themselves to the artist. And he drew what they described. And then they took some people who had met the women a little before they, they were drawn by the artist, and they spent some time with the women, and they got to know them a little bit, and then they came to the artist and described the women they met, and he drew them based on their description. He couldn't see them. He just asked those questions. Describe your chin. Describe your eyes. How wide set are they? What about your hair? And they had, and then the sketch artist completed the drawings and let the women look at their drawings that they made from their own description. And those drawings, for the most part, were not flattering, as you can see. That is, a, is one of the drawings that was made from the description of this woman. And then... That's the drawing that was made from the description of someone else describing this woman. And the point that I'm trying to make is that when we look at ourselves, our spiritual view of ourself is most likely not. I can't imagine that it's God's view of us. We remember our sins. We might feel remorse for having committed them. We might feel that we still see ourselves as sinners, but when everything is well with our souls, when we're right with God, He sees us as children wrapped in His Son, having been washed by His Son's blood. Hebrews 10, 17, I will remember those sin, their sins no more, their lawless deeds no more. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if anyone is Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And then Romans 8.1 simply says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. When it's spiritually well, we're going to be excited. We're going to be ready. Let's go over to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Man, when the, when the kids were little, and it still happens a little bit today, when the kids were little and I would come home from work, it, it was like they were waiting for me. Just excited. I'd get mobbed, get tackled. There was joy. It doesn't happen much with the boys anymore. They hardly recognize that, that I've actually come home, but it still happens sometimes with the girls. They seem happy that I'm home, and sometimes it seems like they're waiting for me. When it is spiritually well with our souls, we're going to be excited, excited about our Father, excited about Jesus coming home, returning to the earth, because that means that great things are happening to us, that good times are coming, that we have made it through this world, made it through those tiny little holes that we were going through to get out of, of the trouble that we were in. We'll be waiting for Him. Let's look at 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 and 17. For the Lord himself will, and this is something we need to be excited about and understand. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with the cry of command, with a voice of an archangel and with the sound of the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first and then 
Let's look forward to this. We who are alive or left will be caught up to get to, to, together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. And we can look forward to that. Titus 2.13 describes Christians living in such a way that they're excitedly waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ. We're waiting for Jesus to come home. If our souls are well with, if it is well with our souls and He comes back, we're waiting for Him to come back and take us home. If it's well with our souls, we'll be prepared and we'll be waiting and we will be excited. Now, on the other hand, I've come home. Homeschooling is not easy. I, I, I don't really know how hard it is because I haven't really done it. But my wife has, and many of you have. It's not that easy. And if Amy's a teacher, then I'm the principal. And there are times when I've left the building because she's called me in tears and I've gone home to straighten out the problem of not cooperating with the children, not wanting to do their work, balking. And the last time that I remember doing that, I left the office and as I'm, and as I'm leaving, I told Peggy, I, gotta go, I have to go home and take care of some things and my goal is to make every one of my children cry. And that's exactly what happened. It took a little while. I didn't, I, I didn't use physical pain this time. We just sat around the table and I talked about the blessings that they have and, and how good it is that, that their mom with a, with a psychology degree, really, really awesome grades, has decided to spend her days, her youth and her middle age, not that you're middle aged, <laughs> she spent a lot of time and by the end they were crying I was crying but there will be people who aren't going to be excited when Jesus comes back and there will be crying and there will be crying for everyone whose souls it is not well with we look at scriptures like Jude, four, verses 14 and 15. Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands of his holy ones. Great. That's what we've been waiting for. And we see that army and we are feeling like we've not, we're not in trouble. We're not intimidated. We feel like we're being rescued when we see that army. But there will be other people because thousands of his holy ones to do what? Execute judgment on all and to convict all the ungodly of their deeds of ungodliness that they have committed in such an ungodly way. And all of the harsh things that ungodly sinners have spoken against him. When he comes back, if, there, if our souls aren't well with him, that army is coming for us not to rescue but to punish. Tonight we're going to be talking more about 3 John, verses 1 through 4. We're going to be talking about the attributes of a, of, of a soul that is go, it's going well with. We're going to talk about a man who is doing well, spiritually. Some years ago, 
a man who I love dearly, a, a Christian man, a mature Christian man, found out he was dying and he was suffering and he was in pain. And he knew that the end was coming and, and, I, and I loved him dearly. And I went to see him and knowing it was most likely the last time. And I was trying not to cry and I wasn't doing a good job. And he kind of almost got on to me very quietly. And he said, Troy, you need to understand, I've been getting ready for this all my life. Be happy for me. He could say that because it was well with his soul. As we end, I want you to ask yourself, you know, you know the answer to this. Have you been falling? And have you fallen? Christians slip up and we fall. And we, and we try to convince ourselves, I'm convinced that we try to convince ourselves at times as we're falling, I'm okay. I'm okay. And we try to convince other people as we're falling and after we fall, I'm okay. It, it, it's well. It's well. But you know if that's not true or not. God knows if that's not true. God knows if it is not well with your soul just like you do too. So if you're a Christian and it's not well with your soul, don't try to convince yourself that, that you're okay, you're not. And take care of that. If you're not a Christian, it is not well with your soul. It's not well with your soul. And that's a tragedy. It's one of the most difficult things to think about in life. Those people around us we love and it's not well with their soul. People around us we, we like and we love spending time and it's not well with their soul. But you know if it isn't. And if you would like for it to be, if you need the prayers, if you need to come forward and let us know that we need to pray for you, if you would like prayers on your behalf, let us know. If there, and if you're not a Christian and it is not well with your soul, do something to take care of that. If you're just realizing that you need to learn more about Christ and how to get to heaven, come talk to us. We would love to sit down and study with you. But if you're, if you're a, not a Christian and you know what you need to do, come forward and do that. Any other need that can be met, Please let us know as we stand and as we sing.